0: Morning diners and stay-at-home and imbibers. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. Uh, Yes. Um, Yes. You're listening to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, a number of items reflecting a changed marketplace um, under the virus. The uh, um, people that did in-person classes or going online. Uh, People who did only sales to restaurants are now selling to uh, civilians and individual customers. Um, It's a changed foodscape is what we're talking about. But let's start off. I mean, this is not a bad thing. This is a very good thing for those of you who really wanted to get access to some of these quality products We're going to start with an old friend of ours, um, farmer Lee Jones, who is he's he's a wonderful farmer and promoter of fresh, gorgeous stuff that comes out of his business, the Chef's Garden in Huron, Ohio. Um, Farmer Jones is never shy with words, so just let let him talk. I have long been Pretty much in love with, with Farmer Lee Jones. Did you know that Farmer Lee Jones?
1: I did not. I did not.
0: <laughs> and it always brightened my day when I'd run into you at conferences and awards programs. Um, and you would have your coveralls on and your red bow tie, and you had a big smile on your face. And I knew, here comes the chef's garden.
2: I, see, I, I still can't believe that you got Alan Ducasse to wear one of your bow ties.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he, he I did? don't own
1: another pair of pants. So I have 18 <laughs> pairs of overalls. Um, okay.
2: Now, I, I, I first read about chef's garden. It must have been... 25 or 30 years ago, there was an article in, in one of the food trade magazines that, that, that described this farm property in Huron, Ohio, which nobody had ever heard of.
0: Yeah. Tell us about it. I mean, what, how old is it, actually? What generation are you and so forth? you know, Lee?
1: Well, um, we're, we're located right along Lake Erie. Lake Erie is the shallowest of all the Great Lakes, consequently, it's the warmest, and it provides an amazing microclimate.
3: Isn't and, in great? fact,
1: our, yeah, our farm is actually on uh, Old Lake Bottom about 11,000 years ago, wow. um, just a couple of years before I was born. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, this area hosted, as far as we can figure, the largest concentration of truck farmers that existed anywhere in the world. Now, you can go to California, and you can have counties that are 100% agriculture, but it's owned by 30 growers that each have 20,000 acres. Mm -hmm. Uh, Truck truck farmers were small family farms that, you know, grew 50 to 75 acres, 100 acres maybe, if it was a big family, and they took them in, and they met at farmer's markets entirely different than what we think of today. The farmer's markets were at midnight, and they met all of the hundreds of family-owned grocery stores, you know. The Cleveland area, and proper, is very diverse in, you know, ethnicity. And there's, you know, Jewish and Slovakian and Hungarian and Polish, and I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I think that's what makes our Cleveland area so amazing, is the um, the diversity in ethnicity. And every one of those ethnic pockets had their own grocery stores, and they had their own needs and things that they liked to buy. So the farmer's... And those small family-owned grocery stores had a great relationship. But, of course, as roads and refrigeration got better, uh, larger farms started coming into play. And, um, of course, when chain grocery stores came in, the small farms couldn't compete. And um, and the small grocery stores couldn't compete. And one by one, those small family farms were pushed out. Our family, in the early 80s... Um, uh, had been working with about 65 other growers in our community and were packing under one label to try and have enough volume to compete. And my dad was in wholesale vegetable, and we were farming about 1,200 acres of fresh market vegetable in the late 70s and early 80s. But um, kind of completely opposite of the interest rates that are so low today, um, interest rates in the late 70s and early 80s hit 22%. and we got wrapped up in 22% interest, and we had a very devastating hailstorm. And at 19 years old, I stood with my mom and dad. I'm the oldest in the family, and my brother and sister and all of our neighbors and all of our competitors and everybody that was there to celebrate our failure, and they auctioned off every piece of farm equipment, every single thing we owned, right down to my mother's car, and then they auctioned off our house, and we crawled away. Uh, literally, with the shirts on our back. And it's not a rags-to-riches story by any means, but we we started over, and we were very fortunate. And, you know, they say that, you know, behind every man is a good woman. I think they always have gotten that wrong. Out in front of every good man is an even better woman telling them (laughs) what to do. And uh, we met a woman. Her name was Iris Balin, and uh, she was a chef, and she had trained in Europe. And I met her when we started over, we started back at farmer's markets, similar to what we know today as a farmer's market on a Saturday morning. And she kept encouraging us to grow things for the flavor, things without chemical, growing them for the integrity of the product rather than the tons per acre. And it was a different concept than we were used to. And the very first thing that she wanted us to do was zucchini with blossoms.
2: That was our very
1: first product. And um, she really educated us and turned us on to the culinary world. And from, you know, from the last 37 years, our business has been tied to the very best chefs in the world and delivering from our farm via FedEx uh, to Ritz Carlton's, to Four Seasons, to Danielle, to Thomas Keller, to God rest his soul, Charlie Trotter, and many, many other chefs, Disney chefs, Chefs that are really focused on the, the very best flavor and the very best quality that they can find. And we've, we've built our livelihood. My dad has continued to work with us and still does today, and a brother and a wife and a son. And, and there are 150 full-time people on our farm. And uh, our world kind of came to a screeching halt about three weeks ago, like many. And every one of our customers was closed because the restaurants, as we all know, during this pandemic, have closed their doors. But
2: in the meantime, Lee, your plants were still growing.
1: In the meantime, we plant nearly every day of the week because you want new uh, – it's not like, uh, like you tend to think of as a farmer that plants their crops in the spring and then goes and harvests them in the fall. You want fresh product coming every single day because you're picking and shipping every single day, other than Sundays based on kind of some family beliefs, religious beliefs. We don't like to work on Sundays, but pretty much every other day of the year, we are planting and and harvesting and shipping product to chefs. And so I the restaurant closed.
0: I can't tell you, and I will tell you, um, that what you shipped to us was so pristine and fresh that I mean, it blew my mind. Even though I've known you all these years, I didn't realize until we were in this this death lock situation, how something like that could cheer you up. I mean, it could make your whole day, a whole week. It, it well, and,
1: and I guess that that kind of takes us to this transition. We we had been shipping to chefs for 35 years, 37 years, and um, within 24 hours, we knew we were in real trouble if we didn't move quickly, and so we we... You know solicited the help of our our website designers and our marketing team, and within twenty four hours we were making available our products to individuals at home for years. We had had people say you know we we would love to get this stuff at home so yeah, okay. you can now get you know an introductory box delivered anywhere in the United States for fifty nine dollars and I think that's the box you got and it had root crops and spinach and lettuce, and, and really it's kind of a it's a walk through the garden for us, that introductory box, and we have an immune-boosting box. There are a lot of different vegetables I was going to that say, have, you,
0: have that, you have different uh, styles of boxes, like... We do, in, and, and
1: so, so it really allows us an opportunity to be able to get product to people that need it. Number one, people are afraid to go to a grocery store. The selection isn't very good right now when you go at times, and... You don't really, at this time, you know, with this pandemic, want to be picking stuff up that's maybe been handled by somebody else. Here, I mean, we're wearing lab coats, we're wearing rubber gloves, we're uh, checking everybody's temperature. The food safety protocols have always been high, but we've tripled them. And sterilization, not once a day, but three times a day. So the food is coming from the field, and it's going and being shipped directly to the front porch or an apartment or the home of anybody in the United States uh, direct from the farm to the, to the end user. And, you know, this is going to change us forever. We are never – this is not going to be a situation where when the restaurants come back that we're going to stop doing this. We're going to have two marketing channels. The restaurants are going to come back, and we're going to, you know, continue to ship to those chefs that have been so very loyal. And they've been very helpful to us through this because they're buying the boxes because they're cooking at home. And then they're posting on Facebook and on Instagram and sharing how they're preparing the food. And uh, it's been a great organic groundswell of promoting the, the new concept of shipping the product to uh, individuals.
2: A well, uh, key partner in your endeavor is FedEx.
1: Yeah, the FedEx is uh, it's it's really, it opens up. You know, it used to be that a farmer could only deliver as far as his horse and wagon would take him in a half a day. And uh, FedEx kind of opens up the world to us, and we can, we can pick it in the morning. FedEx picks it up in the afternoon, and you can have it the next day. I mean, it's the freshest product that you can humanly get unless you've got a garden of your own. And boy, I mean, you, you really can tell it when you open the box. And the beauty of it is you might think, oh, my gosh, this seems like a lot, but this stuff will hold for two weeks. I mean, it is fresh, fresh, fresh. Well, you have this whole
0: packing down to a science, too, including I love your bow tie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the big thing for us is it's our personal belief that God designed a system far superior to anything that we can fake out chemically or synthetically. It's about working in harmony with nature rather than trying to outsmart nature. And so what we're doing, we actually put a laboratory in, and we've got three scientists on staff. We have a saying, healthy soil makes healthy vegetables that make healthy people. And what we're doing is we're testing the soil. Just like if you were to go and have lab work drawn, and you find that you're high in iron or low in iron, high in calcium, low in calcium. We do the same thing with the soil. And then based on the deficiencies that we find in the soil, and this is what's really cool, Different types of plants will accept different types of energy from the sun. So two-thirds of our 350 acres in any one year is planted to what we call cover crops, clover, buckwheat, vetch, rye, sedan grass, even mint. We have one mix where we have 17 different varieties of plants. And if you can visualize the seeds sprouting and then the leaves from each of those different plants, The leaves are like antenna, and they harvest the energy from the sun. They pull it down through the leaf, into the stem, into the root, into the soil. And then the next year, when we plant the turnip or the beet or the carrot or the radish or the spinach or the tomato or the green bean or whatever it is, it picks that back up, and it goes into the vegetable. And then when we eat it, it builds our immune system. We abandoned that principle 60 years ago and said, look, we, can, we don't need to do that. We don't need to waste all that extra ground. We can just pour chemical and synthetic inputs oh, in, man. and we can make the plant grow taller, faster, more tons per acre. We've abandoned all of that and gone back to the way our great-grandparents farmed and then tying technology to that today that our great-grandparents didn't. We're moving this needle. This stuff is the healthiest product that you can eat and that is our goal on the farm: is to have the healthiest, most nutritious food, humanly possible to be grown. And that's our goal. Yep, I'm here. Yep.
0: It's Peter said. Is it all? And it's all natural, of course.
1: It's all natural. It's it's really going back and rebuilding those soils in a natural way, rather than a chemical or synthetic way. That's yeah. right. Right. And and you know, and we've kind of we're we're, we're working on our planting schedule now, and we're kind of. Toning that down a little bit. I think that people are more adventuresome and more willing to think outside the box and to play and experiment with new things, but we really have kind of toned it down and we've gone back to some of the old favorites over the years that are a little bit more approachable for folks. Some of those vari- best varieties of carrots and beets and turnips, we're going to add back in several old. Bush Blue Lake variety of green beans. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting you know, for my you know.
0: seeds. The-
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some of those more traditional things that are more recognizable. I think that, you know, during the times today they want food that's safe, but they also want food that they're comfortable with. So we're going to really kind of change that planning schedule up this year. And what's fun about these, if you get the subscription box, that box is not going to be the same every time. It's going to roll with the season. Yeah, it's a walk through the that. garden. And you know, the... it's a walk through the garden every day. Uh, we're going to be coming into asparagus season. And so that box that you got, that you received, yeah. Ann and, and Peter, in you know, by next week or the week after, you'll start seeing asparagus added into that. And then you'll start seeing rhubarb go in. So it'll really just be a walk through the garden of what looks the best today. And it gives you a great opportunity then to be able to cook really in season. Mother Nature provides such a natural rhythm to eating Eating what we should. thats What we should put on our plates is what's in season today.
0: Now, I mean, how would you advise us to actually order? Like do a subscription. You now it's two people. And how do we sign up? Tell us the logistics of this.
1: Sure. I mean, You can, um, you know, we're kind of old-fashioned. Number one, you can pick up the phone and call in to our 800 number, 800-289-4644, and talk to a friendly person that's knowledgeable, that's been talking to chefs for for years, and they can talk about and recommend what, what looks good. But there's also, you can go right online, and you can go to the home delivery box, and you can order from several different selections. And we're finding that people are not only ordering just the box, uh, the introductory box or the immune boosting box, but they can also, if they look in there and see that they want to order an extra box of spinach, they can do that too. We're also, right now, if you go to the chefs-garden.com website, you'll find um, uh, a portion of it that says um, small farms, big hearts, Keller provision, Thomas Keller Oh, yeah. who has been a great, great um, ambassador, has uh, worked with us. And, in fact, if you go to Thomas Keller's Instagram, he did a menu. Um, he's working with Keith Martin at oh, Elysian Farms yeah, out of they, Pennsylvania. We
0: did him very well.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah well, we have a thing. Yeah, we have purebred lamb. We have a deal going right now. You know, Keith's customers have been the same customers as ours for many years. And he's got all these lambs that are ready. So Thomas came up with an idea to be able to promote Keith's lamb and our vegetables and Diane St. Clair's butter. She has four cows, and it's the best butter in the world. And so, um, because Keith, you know, did you see it? Okay.
0: Yeah, it came through my email. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: They even had photographs of this butter. I never saw butter look so luscious in my whole entire life. (laughs)
1: But... Oh, my gosh, yeah, it looks great.
3: <laughs> so, so you can actually
1: get the lamb and the vegetable and the butter um, shipped right to your home. Keith is, each each week for the next five weeks, um, Gavin Kaysen next week and Tim Hollinsworth and Chef Chow and Danielle Ballou are doing a different recipe with different portions of the lamb because we have to use the whole lamb. And uh, so each week it's a different recipe with a different part of the lamb and then a our vegetables, and then it'll be featured on the website, and you can get the lamb and the vegetables and the butter delivered right to your home um, from Is the on your from the website. website
0: or on Purebred Elysian Fields website. Which website?
1: Uh, uh, if you go to Chef's Garden okay. website, and then uh, you can order the lamb and the veg. But if you have vegetarians or people that don't want the lamb, you can get just the vegetable boxes. Or if you'd like the lamb, and it I. I had some of the lamb the other night, and it's the best, best in the world.
0: Well, I, we, I used to go through like three whole lambs a year, when then we had a full house.
1: <laughs> Did you really? Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. No, wow.
0: But um, now we've been trying these because we're, we're not happy to go and without these oh these supermarkets, all this stuff with all these people, and, and we've been trying to order things online, and you never could get through. Right. No. Uh, oh yeah you, you don't yeah. have that problem
1: no we have uh, we have a staff here because we want to keep our team working and uh, they have been talking to chefs and we had a whole crew in here that talks every day to chefs and so you could call into the 800 number right now and you could talk to you know a, a person that's going to be appreciative of your phone call and thank you for calling and be helpful and i think in this kind of uh, time with the pandemic, I think that people appreciate hearing a voice on the other end, and they, you know, it, it, it makes it more personable. And if you don't want to deal with a person, you can call and go in online and order it and online, and you can do it at midnight. Now, obviously, our team is not there 24 hours a day. They're kind of, uh, they all have families, and they go home to them. But during the workday, they're there and on the phones and, you know, able to take those calls. Yeah. So the lamb, interestingly enough, is for portions for two Portions for four so you don't have to buy a whole lamb mm-hmm. um it's all designed for uh for small for couples or for for a couple of um, servings you could get the four the four person one is a little bit better deal so you know cooking it up and then having some leftovers for a few days uh, makes it really kind of nice well now uh,
0: what about your other activities that have been suspended? I mean, are you still doing Culinary Vegetable Institute, which I loved?
1: The Culinary Vegetable Institute is shut down uh, um, right now because we, you know, that is really geared towards having chefs come and visit right. to do research and development. And it's also geared towards doing culinary classes and doing dinners. And we just, uh, in an effort to be able to, adhere to, to, you know, the policies of social distancing. Now, what we've done is some of that team from the Culinary Vegetable Institute has come over, and some of the guys, our chef has been over on the packing line helping pack the, va- the vegetable boxes to go out oh, to boy. individuals. And those chefs have been busy doing videos showing how you can use some of the different products. And so those are available online, too. But you can go to Chef's Garden Facebook and become a fan of the Chef's Garden on Facebook. And we're seeing a lot of posts where people have gotten a box, and then they're having fun with posting what they've created. And just some beautiful dishes. And then, of course, Instagram, Farmer Lee Jones. And if you go onto uh, Instagram, you can follow. And we're posting a lot of folks. And they're not just chefs. A lot of people that are getting the box in, and then they're making beautiful plates. Remember, eat the rainbow. Color is health, and that's what we're sending in that box is we're just gathering up all the colors and all the health and all the freshness and crispiness that's available on the farm and putting it in a box and sending you a box of healthy love for you to be able to share with your family.
0: Well, I'll tell you something. You probably can't outdo your potatoes, those little purple fingerling potatoes. (laughs) are fabulous.
1: You know, and it makes it fun, you know, know. and it's fun. to have all the different colors, and it's a little different. We're not going to put anything in too too crazy that you're not going to know what to do with. And if there is something in there and you can't Google it, I mean, call the farm. Ask us, hey, I got something in here I don't know what to do with it. What can we do? And we'll give you some pointers. But uh, it's fun to have some things that are a little different. The things that are in that box are things that we've recognized really help. Boost your immune system. Healthy vegetables is really, its if we can eat right right now and keep our immune systems built up to defend against these viruses, I think that it's one of the things that we can do. And you keep us in business. We want to be here for when we get on the <laughs> other side of it. I this farm needs sure to be
0: will. here. Uh, Lee, we, I think you certainly can. will be there. And, and let's make sure everybody has what information they need. Now, it's the chef's garden. And when you're doing the email, you have to put. um, If you're doing the um, website, you need to put the in there, don't you?
1: Well, the chef's garden, or if you just make sure and put the hyphen between chef's garden and garden, garden, c h e f s dash garden dot com, and that'll get you there.
0: Okay. Yes. And or phone. The phone is on the website, so you could get that.
1: Yeah. 800-289-4644. 800-289-4644. And uh, we would love to hear from you. And we're, we're fighting hard to get product out to folks that need good, safe, healthy vegetables. And we're fighting hard to save our farm. We need those small farms out there. If you can, If you don't want to get it from us and you can get it from another local farm, do it. Support those small family farms out there. They're the backbone of this country. We've got to preserve these farms. If we do anything, we've got to preserve these farms.
0: That, to me, by the way, is the thing that worries me the most. So, anyhow, I'm on the same page as you, former Lee Jones, and uh, it's been wonderful knowing you all these years, and I expect that we'll be each other again sometime soon.
1: Well, that would be my hope and prayer, and my prayers go out to every one of your listeners and everybody throughout the, the world and all of those people on the front line, those doctors and nurses and everybody that's taking care of folks that are in, in need. And we just pray that we can all get through this. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side of this. Thank you for being a voice for small farms and for our small farm. Ann and Peter, Peter, it is just an honor to know you. And I just am grateful. You know, as small family farms, we don't have a voice and, and, I feel like you're really providing a vital function here. Thank you for being a voice for the small farms out there. We're just well, very, are, very grateful.
0: We love you, <laughs> Farmer Legions. We love
1: you too. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much for the opportunity to be on your show.
2: And if you think growing vegetables for a living is a tough game, wait till wait till you hear about selling octopus.
1: Podcasting services for on-the-menu radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
2: And you didn't miss here what Peter said. This next segment is indeed about exactly what we mentioned just before the break a, a man who's making a living out of selling octopus and, and and having quite a challenge just now because of the food
0: scene as we, as yeah, we now, main customers shops and restaurants um, but not only is he selling to home cooks now he's also expanded his repertoire we we talked a little bit about it but it, he's really got it lined up now uh, there he's selling other seafood Um, And there's a whole brown cena that has my name on it that I'm dying to get. So let's listen to Frank Gulo Gulo of Gulo Seafoods. Okay. Peter pushed the mute button. (laughs) I may kill myself, Frank. Hey, Frank,
2: there's a reason Reason I pushed the mute button.
3: (laughs) What's that?
2: He, he got the joke. It's
3: a man man to man, we got the joke. Yeah, okay,
0: so you two conspire. That's good. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, no, we've been devoting hour after hour of this, and the, the person we talked to who has the, um, the piece of equipment, his wife was tested positive for the virus. Wow. And then she was cleared, but he doesn't want to get anywhere near any other human beings.
3: I don't, I don't blame him for definitely doing that, you know, being cautious. I can't, I can't hear him, Robert. Is that
0: louder? Can you turn your set up at all,
3: Frank? Yeah, hold on. How about now? A little better. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, I I had a thought. About I thought that the first time we got um, octopus from you, you had cooking instructions in. Yes. This came with no instructions at all. I just thought it would be useful because you're going to be marketing now to uh, the general public,
3: right? um, Instead of just chefs. Yeah, we have that information. I can send you that over. Okay. They should have Um, have put that in the box.
0: Give give us a little background on how you ended up. I mean, it's not the most ordinary business in the world
3: um, to be dealing
0: with the kind of seafood you're dealing with, although it's certainly pristine, is it not?
3: Right. Like many years ago, as we had discussed, uh, we started in 2007. It was beforehand I was in a restaurant business. And the one thing that we were lacking and we really couldn't find any good product was octopus. So I decided to go out there, start searching, and start seeing to see how we can bring this product to the United States from what I was eating in Europe many, many moons ago. Um, so we finally found a product from Spain, and we decided to start bringing it to the United States. We started, you know, bringing in small portions. And little by little, we started, you know, growing it throughout the year. Since we last spoke, I think it was in 2014, Six years ago give or take uh, you know we've recovered national brand we actually as far as going now to Hawaii we're in uh, Bermuda where you know different parts of the map in terms of the United States from California to Boston to Chicago Las Vegas Florida every major city you possibly can think of we're actually uh, we're in there now selling products in terms of distributors and also retails we ship overnight um, you go on our website You'll uh, pick what you want. It automatically, uh, you know, hits the credit card and yada yada. We get this, uh, the daily planning on a daily basis, and we send out the orders, and you receive it the following day.
2: Now, you you were in the fish business before, right, Frank? We were in
3: a, we were in the fish business, and we were also, you know, in the restaurant industry. And with the one, like I said, the one thing that we were lacking in this, in this industry was octopus. And I was like, always a big fan of octopus. I figured to make a nice business out of a unique item that nobody really ever brought in. People never really thought octopus was, uh, you know, everybody always thought back in their mind, octopus was rubbery and you know it shrinks to nothing. So we decided to bring in, a, a, you know, a prestige product that anybody could eat, and everybody now in the United States throughout the last five years, maybe even longer, has grown. People in every restaurant, 99% of restaurants, probably have it in their appetizers. If not, they have it in their pastas or they have it as an entree. So a lot of people have eaten octopus. Octopus in the you know, United States has grown.
2: Yeah, it's, it sure seems like it. And, and, and Ann orders it whenever it's, on, whenever it's on her menu.
3: Yeah, exactly, and vice versa. Even when I go to restaurants that we don't service, you know, I use that type of thing. I always have a business card with me. If it doesn't taste good, and I, I know it's not mine, I actually ask for the, you know, who the chef is, and then we reach out to them and pitch him on, and then we actually wind up landing the customer because so we do a side-by-side comparison to what they're currently using to what we have, and the uh, majority of the time the customer actually switches over.
2: Now, part, part, of, the sec- part of the secret is tenderizing, tenderizing
3: Right. Correct. Sea salt, ice, and water in these stainless steel barrels. What it does, it breaks down the muscles. It, it's like a beating process. Many years ago, my ancestors, everybody's ancestors, came from overseas in Europe. They would catch the octopus and slam it against a rock or any type of surface. And what it does, it breaks down the muscles. So when you go and cook the product, it doesn't harden up. It actually it's still loose. It's still loose from the broken muscles, and it just automatically tender in your mouth.
2: No, you're not doing that. You- You've got you've got guys over
3: there. Correct. We actually all this process is being. I would probably say one percent is being done here in the New York area um, for local customers that want that refresh product. You know, thinking that it's a much better product than frozen. But Ash, honestly, the better product is coming out of Spain. That's actually being tenderized then, then flash frozen, IQF, meaning individually quick frozen. When you tenderize octopus and you freeze it, actually breaks it down even more. And when you go and cook it, it's actually even more tender.
0: Now, now you you have had a business plan going for quite some time now, and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden the bottom drops out.
3: Correct. So what we're doing now... All these
0: restaurants are closed. Correct. So... Are you now doing an education and marketing thing Uh, at the same time you've opened up ordering your product uh, to the general public and the home cook?
3: Correct. Those foodies alike that can't get at the restaurants anymore or people that just wanted to eat it at home as well, we actually provide it. They could buy it online, and we ship it overnight. Um, uh, we have a variety of different items now too. We've added a couple of new items onto our menu. What we think is the prestige mark you know product that's a really good product. um uh, we just don't put anything on our website. we taste everything you know we have a corporate chef in house that actually makes prepares everything and making sure that that's the right product for us. So we probably have now maybe two handfuls of products on our website um it might we might have had a little niche on it in the last couple of days, but it should be up and running by today, if not tomorrow, um, on the other fish items that we're carrying. Now we're trying to carry a little more tuna, swordfish, uh, some Chilean sea bass, some halibuts, and items like that. We actually just recently brought in a new item called Octopus Capaccio, a product that's actually made for us in Italy. It's six slices, um, that actually just defrost, it comes in frozen, just defrost it, put it on a plate, finish it off with some good olive oil, a little sea salt if you prefer it. If not, you can also put a little lemon on it. Delicious product, uh, delicious product as well. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: Um, you know, I, I talked to a chef who has um, pulpo in his menu all the time, and he mm-hmm. says it took him years to know how to cook it Says so it was perfect every time. He said, "What you do is you just put it in um, a sealed bag with some aromatics in it, and stick it in a um, sous vide machine for five mm-hmm. hours at 176 degrees."
3: Mm-hmm. Actually, we have a big customer that actually we service. I'm not going to mention the name. He's a big customer. You think that actually. would work? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One of the, the major person that actually invented the sous vide uh, uh, item was a guy, a Frenchman, that actually we actually service him, and we do a ton of business with him as well. What they do is we actually, uh, they sous vide first, and if you want to finish it off on the grill, they just finish off on the grill. The sous vide, I don't know how long it takes um, in terms of the cooking method, but, you know, it's a great item as well. A lot of people are doing it that way. A lot of people be a little more adventurous these days in terms of how they cook their products. But in the last several years since we last spoke, we actually just have a new item that just came in probably about maybe four years ago, maybe three or four years ago. It's uh, cooked octopus legs. It's already cooked for you. You don't have to do anything to it. You just receive it. There's two legs per package. It's a retail item. Um, restaurants are usually also, let me just mention that. You defrost it. You can cut it up, put inside of a salad, finish it off with whatever you prefer, put it inside of a salad, of celery, carrots, and red onions, whatever you prefer, a little good olive oil and you're done, ready to go. Or you could actually defrost it, put a little olive oil, a little black pepper, throw it over the grill, just give it a little blackened lines to it, just give it a little quick heat to it, and you can cut it up, put it inside of a salad, or just eat it like that, With just to finish off a little lemon. So that's a great item, and it's called octopus-cooked legs.
2: Oh, we, we had those, right? Yeah, we did we have uh, those. We, enjoy, we enjoyed those a lot.
3: Good. I'm we had, glad you we enjoyed had, it we had,
2: some, we had some really special potatoes from a place called chef's garden in Ohio oh, nice. so and and lost potatoes and octopus it's hard to, hard to figure out which one she likes best
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now hopefully with the octopus if you're running specials um I see on um, you're doing um internet advertising specials right
3: mm-hmm. right correct we're just, okay. trying, we're just trying to trying to stay ahead of the game with this coronavirus situation until things, you know, turn around for the industry of the restaurants and distributors start to reopen and start selling more items. Right now, we're just like everybody else. We're just trying to scratch the surface and we're trying to provide product, good products to those homeowners that love eating at home, love to cook, and uh, just enjoy eating. No, I mean you, you're
0: certainly not the only one. I mean. One of the large um, uh, uh, supermarket chains just started experimenting, closing their whole market um, to allow only people who do ordering online and for pickup and delivery to shop there. Right. I mean, it's it's outrageous.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It just—I can't believe on how all of a sudden this whole coronavirus is taking a twist. It's not affecting only the United States; it's affecting the entire world. You know, I—I I was born and raised in Italy. Came in—I was five years old. My aunt, you know, my aunts and uncles and you know grandparents have passed away, but I still have a ton of family in Italy, and they've been cooped up in the house for the last month and a half. They're literally, little by little they're opening up. They said after a month and a half being inside the house, but giving a scenario. I was reading an article of a restaurant in uh, my hometown in Sicily. The guy has a table of, a, you know, like for corporate tables, let's just say people of 14, they're only allowed to sit four people at the table, so minus 10. So you tell me in terms of how this industry is going to turn out in the long run, hopefully everything is well, because it, how it's all a rotation. And they're going to buy less from me. They're going to have to pay their bills slower, and paying all you know their other expenses, it's they can't keep up with the demand due to the fact their rent, their taxes, and all that comes with it. If you can only sit four people at a table of fourteen, it's kind of crazy.
0: What is your little hometown in Sicily?
3: In Palermo, I was actually born in the city of Palermo. Oh,
0: you were from Palermo. Yeah, um, yeah, my ancestors come from right outside Palermo.
3: What town? Yeah. Alca Vila Sure. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> on, the,
2: on the way, on the way from, on the way from Palermo to Sheffaloo. To
3: Sheffaloo, yeah. Sure. We stopped right.
0: there, and, and uh, the people in the town square couldn't have cared less if, if I came from there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, were, they, were all, they were all going out for lunch.
0: Yeah, they, they wanted to know what my name was. You know, my maiden name. And I told him, apparently, it's like Smith in, in, in English country. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we actually, I'll tell you a quick story. Actually, I've been wanting to take, my son now is turning five years old. I have a little one. And uh, we've been wanting to take him to Sicily for maybe a couple of years now. Last year was an issue that we couldn't make it out there due to work reasons. We had tickets to go to Sicily last July. It didn't work out. So we postponed the trip till this year. And guess what this year? Postponed with this coronavirus situation. So I told, told my son, he goes, when are we going to go to Italy? I said, hopefully, hopefully soon. I'm not going to say next year because every time I say next year, it never works out.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They started to open up some of the places in Italy now, but they're not all happy with the results. And we've heard – from some of our friends that live there, and it's not going all that well, actually,
3: yeah, like I said, you know these the restaurants are opening up little by little, but they can't supply and serve all the customers that they actually want. a fraction of what they've been serving on a daily basis is like I said, a table of fourteen and only allowing four people to sit at that table. That's the distance they have to maintain among you know the all the tables. It's kind of crazy.
0: Do you think the people are actually beginning to understand more about uh, the, uh, what do you call them, cephalopods? Sure. I mean,
3: are they
0: eating more octopuses? I see it on more menus.
3: Absolutely. I see, I'll tell you the truth. I've actually, I applaud the millenniums, I guess you want to call them, the kids of today. I think they're a little more spontaneous in terms of what they eat. Um, People many years ago was very picky on what they ate. The Millenniums are eating more out. They, they're more adventurous. They try different products. And octopus has become one of those items that these Millenniums actually enjoy, and they eat a lot of it. You know, we got restaurants in the New York area, you know, just like in the heart of New York City. I got a restaurant that ta- has maybe 10 tables. These guys are doing two 300 pounds a week of octopus on 10 tables. Then we got restaurants that, you know, 400, ta- 400 chair table uh, restaurants, and they're probably doing 1,000 pounds a week in octopus. So it's definitely wow. grown right. throughout the years in terms of people eating this product. And, and also well, color.
0: You know, part of it might be, though, that uh, it's one of the things that you know, most people don't cook at home. So they eat it when they go out.
3: Correct. So we made it, a
0: learning curve right. here in, in how people learn to cook it
3: right exactly and we don't that's the reason we came out with the cooked octopus legs so people don't have to cook it it's already cooked for you a lot of people don't know how to cook it people think you have to cook it for two hours and the only thing that happens if you cook octopus for two hours let's give you a scenario you have five pounds of octopus and you put it inside the pot you're cooking it you cook it for two hours people think you're supposed to cook it that long because they think it's actually going to tenderize and break down and taste more tender the longer you're cooking absolutely not the only thing you're doing is you're taking a flavor out of it and you're Shrinking it out to nothing. So, what we do with the tenderization process, and the yield is really bad when you cook it for two hours because it's shrinking to nothing. So, our scenario was when we first start bringing the product in, we're going to do a tenderized product. So, the tenderized product cooks in a fraction of the time. Um, if something is supposed to cook for two hours, ours cooks in 40 minutes total. It doesn't shrink, you don't lose the flavor, and you get a better yield. And that's the most important thing. Every time we go into a restaurant, we're pitching customers, and we let them know. Chefs, three things that chefs look for is flavor, presentation, skin doesn't fall apart, stays in place. And then the third, most important, is the yield. So what I'm saying is if you're going to buy octopus from someone else that's not a tenderized product, it's just a, just a simple uh, octopus with no tenderization, you need to buy a case and a half of theirs versus one case of ours. And people nice. say to me, yeah, you're a Product is a little more expensive. Absolutely not. At the end of the day, if you actually do your calculation, you get more portions, tastes better, presentation is better, and the yield is much better, and it's costing you actually a lot less, even though it's costing you more per pound. No,
0: no, you still get yours from the north of
3: Spain. Correct. It comes oh, out. What? It comes out oh, a couple. Area. couple of areas of the Spanish area. It comes out of Vigo, up north of uh, Portugal. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes,
2: Vigo.
3: In Santiago, no. Santiago Galencia um, Vigo all that whole area yeah superior so to the
0: Italians
3: it's you know like I said I'm I'm born and raised in Sicily okay I could have went to Sicily and purchased this octopus anytime I wanted unfortunately it's not the same product the treatment that they do the Italians do they just catch it they cook it and they eat it. The Hispanics do it a little more differently. They have the tenderization knowledge. The government eats off the fishermen, and so they have a little more finesse to how they handle the products. We buy grade A product it costs us a little more, but at the end of the day, we're providing a great product to our customers.
0: Well, it sure is a great product. I'm going testified okay. that, and I probably okay. know my way around that cephalopods or whatever they're called pretty well.
3: Right, 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 right.
0: Like those little teeny squid things you get in Sicily that they used to call a neonatale. What are they?
3: Those? That's like a like a sepia. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, I guess so.
3: Yeah, they're really, yeah. They're really
0: small. They're small, so teeny yeah, tiny. T-
3: yeah, we actually do a sepia also. It doesn't come with the squid ink. Uh excuse me, the sepia ink in it because we actually have them fully cleaned overseas and they are tenderized as well. We actually have them up on our website. You can take a look. At it. It's a great product. People that love squid, you know, calamari, this is uh-huh. a step above. This is a step above. More tender, uh more flavor. And uh, everybody eats squid. Sepia is a new hot item, and a lot of people have been eating. I've seen it grow in the last couple of years as well. Sepia has taken a new uh, a new item to uh, above uh, squid.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, I've cooked it and served it to people without telling them what it is, and they loved it, <laughs> but they didn't know right. what it was.
3: Right. Exactly. Especially you know- meat. Yeah. Right, exactly. A lot of people sometimes, you know, I always say don't eat with your eyes, eat with your mouth. Put it in your mouth, taste it, and then try. You know, people, you know, a lot of people like to do that. They like to eat with their eyes, and you never, you're going to miss out on great items. There's a lot of good stuff out there, you know, like the octopus many years ago. Thank God, like I said, for the millenniums, they don't eat with their eyes. They eat with their mouth. They taste it, and you know what? If I don't like it, I don't eat it anymore. Or spit it out. But a lot of people actually eat you know, I've been, will give you an example. This is a restaurant that we actually service here in the New York area. It's in Brooklyn, has become the new hot spot in the new tri-state area of New York area. Um, so a lot of new trendy restaurants are opening up. If I tell you, I was actually sitting at the, the uh, um, the restaurant where we service, and it's a very hot, trendy, young crowd between maybe 25 years old and maybe 30 year olds. And if I looked at every other table, they were eating the octopus. And it was ours. And I'm saying to myself, "Wow, it's amazing on how these millenniums have gotten so smart and more finesse in terms of eating, that you know, the product is selling for itself. Selling for itself. It's not just any item. It's this product here, the GULO item. Well, yeah, you know,
0: I mean, it it's the lifestyle too. It's lean. It's healthy. High in protein. You know,
3: so you can see that? Yep. And high in protein. That a lot of people don't know that. Um, you know, actually, they mentioned this on the doctor many years ago. A show on Channel Two, I think it was, that they were saying octopus is high in protein. It's true, very high in protein. And I have, yes. been, have been having a joke with a friend of mine. It would be nice if somebody can find a cure for the coronavirus. It would be oct- eating octopus is a cure, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, we're we'll making, we'll making more money. I wish. I prayed to the gods.
0: Oh boy! Now let's have your website again.
3: Sure, it's www.gulloseafood.com. It's G-U-L-L-O seafood.com, or they could even singular
0: seafood. Yes,
3: correct. They could even call me if they have any questions and concerns, or or they just don't have, they don't know how to place it on order. I get, you know, I get a variety of different people from young to older. And I find it to older people sometimes can't, don't have a computer. They want the product because we've been on a couple of different TV shows and they just don't have a computer access. So they can call me if they want at 516 938 0243. And like I said, now we're selling a variety of different things as well um even tuna swordfish chili sea bass bronzino, things like that we're doing as well now
0: Yeah, a bronzino, that's super
3: duper wonderful
0: uh, could you give me that phone number again so i have a sure. record of it and we can put it on on online 516 938 i'm
3: sorry 938 938 two four three.
0: 0243 Let me do it here, 516-938-0243.
3: And if they want to reach me directly, they can talk to me because I love talking to customers, extension 101.
0: (laughs) You're really open. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I really am. Listen, I'm an open book, and when it comes to my business, I like to educate people on the product. That's the one thing I love doing, and you know, we built a passion and built a business out of one or two items. So that's 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 going to mean something.
0: Well, I just I hope that things get normalized for you, Frank, very quickly because it's a wonderful product, and we really admire your business. You've got a lot of gumption going there.
1: Thank you,
3: thank you, thank you.
0: So. We'll talk together again
3: soon. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day, and be safe out there. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
1: Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
0: Welcome back. Um, as we start this conversation, I realize we're also doing something else as a secondary theme um, for this week's show, and that is we're talking to a lot of old friends, meaning longtime friends. Um, next up, we've got Palette Partners and and Deb Mortolaro, who who we've been fans of hers and and Mike Gons and the companies that they run for well over 25 years. And um, actually, the change to an online format for this company is probably going to expand their market probably four to five times at least because it will be Internet-based and global. Let's have Debbie Mortellaro explain what it's about. You know, it's a great new, exciting world out there. And uh, right in the forefront of all this is our friends from Pallet Partners, uh, Deb Mortolaro and Mike Gons, uh, who we've known for oh, a long I don't even want to think of how long. Um, now you've had Pallet Partners as a business with a couple of subsidiaries as well um, for a long, long time. Um, but you're you're molding a, a broader new future as a result of where we are with the Corona crisis. Um, let's start for our listeners um, by explaining what exactly your company is.
4: Okay. Well, Dreadnought is about to celebrate its 40th anniversary. Actually. Holy
0: Moses, is that true?
4: So. So we are old,
0: Ann. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh,
4: so Dreadnought is a wine distributor in Pennsylvania. Pallet Partners is a wine and spirit school. In that school, we teach, um, certification courses through WSET out of London. And then we also do a lot of just consumer casual classes also, um. And we, we started doing the classes out of requests from our customers. They, we, we tend to sell wines that are a little unique, very niche, a little unusual. So they wanted more knowledge about the wines that we sell. And then um, we hired a British guy a few years ago, and um, he said, let's start doing these certification classes out of London. So we got set up to do that. And those have actually been very successful for us, and we've even expanded into sake with those certification courses. Oh,
0: wonderful! I'd love to. Yeah, and
4: I actually went um, to Japan. I just I got out of Japan just in time from.
0: Oh, really? That was recently, huh?
4: And uh, um, to study and work in a sake brewery, Um, so I have my advanced um, sake sommelier
0: certificate now Yeah, we went to a a restaurant in london that turned into a small chain and uh, we they had a a sake sommelier and i had no idea no idea how many sakis were out there and what types and varieties and how you paired it up so everything was paired with the sake it was wonderful
4: yeah it's a it's a fascinating um a, a fascinating subject and I'm putting a program together with the Japan America Society to teach sake classes for them around the country, actually.
0: Well, you don't pause for a minute, Debra. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so but now you're in the, you, you are also, you've moved into expanded quarters, um, but you're also in a situation now where everybody's in lockdown. Um, So you decided it was a good time to expand your online wine classes and also you said cooking classes. Tell us about that.
4: Well, so this is a whole new arena for us. We had talked about doing this in the past and, you know, we would get busy and it would get pushed down and pushed down and pushed down the to-do list and then all of a sudden here we were and... uh, we can't sell wine, our trucking company, which we also um, own, it doesn't have anything to transport because it transports alcohol.
0: And I, and I don't understand that. I mean, why are people able to sell beer but not sell whiskey
4: Oh uh, well, are in, in Pennsylvania, beer distributors operate under a whole set of different laws, and I don't know, they're... You know, I, I don't begrudge anyone for the ability to sell anything right now. You know, God, God bless them that they can sell beer. But beer, beer has exemptions in PA that are, that are extraordinary to me. And PA wineries can sell wine and PA dist- distilleries can sell their products also.
2: But, but, um, but, but they just
4: run under a different set of laws than we do. And uh,
2: but as a distributor, you you had to, when the state store closed, you had to close.
4: That is correct. Yes, yes. The, the moment the state stores closed, we had to close. And they actually shut down our type of sales a few days before they actually closed the stores. Even.
2: Yeah, they actually have an online website. The, the, they yeah. can't get into it. The, the only problem is you. It's just like trying to get a face mask from john eagle you can, you can't get on yeah
4: it's it's i don't know it's a crazy system, but you know we after forty years we've just accepted what it is, and we follow the rules so that we don't end up in jail or fined or you know our license taken away from us and uh,
0: give us some idea of, of how this whole process is going to work um and give us some details, such as your website and so forth and, oh, okay. and that kind of thing. But also um, the kinds of programs you might be having and uh, the, how okay. people go around. Yeah, you know what I want. to Go ahead.
4: Sure. So, for instance, this Saturday, tomorrow, um, we are doing a Saturday sipper, and we're doing wines that go with Asian takeout food. And then we have... That's good, up.
0: right there. That's wonderful. You're supporting that. Go ahead.
4: Um, so, and then we have a class on all about Grenache and Grenache. It's one of the grapes that is grown around the world, and so that'll give us a lot to talk about there. On um, Thursday, the 16th of April, we're doing one of my passions, and that is Portuguese wines. Um And we're going to explore the Douro Valley, again, a place where I have personally studied and um, visited a couple of times. And uh, can't wait to get back, actually.
2: No, exactly. Then
4: on um, Saturday the 18th, I am doing a cooking class. And it's all about three things to do with one box of couscous. <laughs> and... Um, and it won't be the usual stew with couscous. We're going to stuff some peppers. We're going to make a salad, um, you know, and do different types of things like that.
0: I think I should probably interject here that you are actually a professionally trained chef.
4: Yes, that's right. I am a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, <laughs> and uh, I did my apprenticeship in Siena, Italy. So... Um, I do know which end of the knife to hang on. To okay.
2: the, 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 how does it work? Do people do people come to your building, or do? You, do oh no, do they, these are all online they're all classes. Online. Okay,
4: they're all online classes at the moment. So they would go to our website, which is Palette Partners, and that's Palette like your mouth, P-A-L-A-T-E partners.com. and then we have a class calendar. And you sign up through the calendar. And when you get your confirmation of payment in that email that you get is the link to the class itself. And we're using a platform called BlueJeans.com. And at this point, because we're so new at this and it's new for our customers, we're sending out instructions to everyone to make it clear how to sign up, you know, how to download the app and then how to... Um, Link into the class,
2: but people don't. People don't actually get to taste the wines. You, you well, de- that's true. That's you, uh, so you know. you, you describe so you describe the uh, she gets You it. describe the taste and all of the other characteristics.
4: Uh, that's correct. And then we also, before the class, you know, we tell them the type of wine that we're going to be serving. Right. So, if they can find something similar or, you know, I mean, we certainly encourage people to sip on something while we're doing this. Okay. Um, we don't want them to be um, just sitting there drooling and not have <laughs> anything to drink.
2: <laughs> no, I thought that, but I just wanted to be sure. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And then also in these classes, we have guest speakers often. And, um, you know, we have a gentleman, Marco, from Sicily, who's done a couple of cooking classes. He's wildly
0: popular. Everybody's crazy about Marco.
4: Yes, yes. People really are crazy. Is he good looking?
0: I don't know what he looks like.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's he's fun. But his wife is just absolutely charming, too. So she's the cameraman, and we always make sure that we get to see her because she's charming but he knows food really well italian food really well and he knows italian wine very well you know so he and i will banter back and forth about the wine and the food while he's cooking
2: now you, you what was i going to say now i can't remember what i was going to say but we also kind of been, been very important
4: well, we also have people from wineries joining us. Also, we had someone from France join us, and then we also have coming up on the twenty-fifth, we have someone from Spain that will be joining us, and I'm really excited about that because we talk about the, this winery in mm-hmm. Spain all the time, Paris Balta, and we we have sold their wines for years, and we've. Talked about these people for years and years, and now, now we actually get to have our customers see them and and experience them. Now, the only problem when you were asking about drinking wine while doing these classes it was the first one when we had the French woman on. I realized at the end of the class because I didn't, I wasn't doing any of the talking, that I drank a half a <laughs> bottle of wine in an hour just listening to her. <laughs>
2: Now, now, I, I remember what I was going to ask you. You, you had an English guy in, who, yes. was, who was doing something. He's, is he still around, and what, what's his role? Oh,
4: Rob McHackie. Um Rob McHackie came to work for us when he first came to the United States with his wife, who is American, and he did a lot of wine classes for us, and his specialty was spirits, and mm-hmm. so he did spirits classes for us, and he he got us set up to do the WSET or the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. Um, oh, this is
2: the people in in the UK who do certification.
4: Yes, and so we are certified to teach their classes, and he got us set up to do that. And he now actually works for WSET, and he is their um, development director for the United States um, oh. for spirits and sake.
2: Oh, cool. Okay. yeah so
4: he's got a delightful job he's now living down in the carolinas um because his wife got a job down there and um we're hoping that someday life brings them back to pittsburgh though because he he is just a delightful guy real fun guy
2: yeah i remember we we very much enjoyed talking to him
4: right yeah so yeah so so we're hoping he comes back soon and and I want him to come and teach a class for us again, because he's real gregarious and fun and, uh, and fun to just hang out with and carry on with.
2: Now, will, will you be back in the wine business in the way that you were before once, once the, once the rules are relaxed again? Oh
4: yes, yes, we will,
2: Yeah. Uh, and let's, let's give you the opportunity to explain the value add mm. that Dreadnought Wines provides in in allowing people to get wines that they wouldn't otherwise be able to buy necessarily in Pennsylvania.
4: Correct. So so we um, we represent wines that for the most part are not on the shelves in the state-run stores here. Got it. And they they are we focus on small boutique wineries. Um, we're admittedly more European focused than we are the United States. We do have some wines from Argentina, Bolivia, um and then but other small places that you might not think of. We have these great wines from Slovenia.
0: Oh I'm, yeah. Do you have our buddy what's his name? Gravner. Gravner. No. Uh, no. We, we wild don't call. Absolutely wild Grav-
2: Gravner's a bit out of most people's price range. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, they you know, they tend to be a little bit more expensive, but they're, you know, they're just delightful, and it's delightful to talk to these people. Um, we actually have a trip to Italy, or to Sicily, in October planned, and we're hoping to go to Slovenia first and um, uh, go visit there. While I was in Japan... The wine director, or one of the wine directors for the very famous chef now in Slovenia, Anna... Anna
0: Ross. Yes,
4: yeah. yes. She was on the trip with me in Japan.
0: Oh, yeah. She just, she yeah, just got so, a book out. She just published a book.
4: Yes, yeah, so um, we're hoping to go to the restaurant. and The restaurant's shut down right now. Um, yeah.
1: Are we we're a, hoping we to her. go to the
4: restaurant and, and possibly even have them on um, a class
0: us. She it, we we cover the world's 50 best restaurants as you know and, and um the year that she got best female chef um that we interviewed her and that goes back I don't know how many years is that 3 it was,
2: it was 2017 because it was oh, seventeen. It was the it was the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival as right, well. Okay, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean to build a, a following in this place as remote as <laughs> where restaurant is. You know, it's amazing. She was, All as, right.
2: she was, as they say in my language, quite a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I hope you're not listening.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, the wine director that we know is actually from Mexico um, and working there in Slovenia. So it was really fun to meet her um, while I was in Japan. She was on the trip with me. Um, so that was fun. So, so I think these online classes will give us access, certainly, to people like that. That
2: oh, you know, she's gonna not going to fly minute.
4: over here to teach a two-hour class and then fly you're, home
0: again. You're going to do it all virtually, right? Correct. Hold on yes. a
2: second, but but just to just to complete the 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 the, the go-around associated with people actually buying the wines that oh, you, yes, that you provide. You, you actually, there's, there's some paperwork involved, there's some delivered to the state store. You take care of all of that, right?
4: Yeah, we take care of all that. So all they have to do is call us, tell us what we want, and, and we, you know, have a group of people here who can talk them through their order. Myself, Mike is here, and we have, you know, some other people Um, that can walk them through and talk about, you know, what kind of wine do they like, and then we can match up some wines to go with them. Often the first time someone orders from us, if they don't really know what they like, we talk to them for a little bit, and we put a selection of six or 12 bottles together, and we ask them to take notes and pay attention. (laughs) You know, do you like this one, didn't you like this one, and things like that. And eventually we end up with customers who call us and say, okay, I want a case of wine, eight reds, four whites. And then they hang up the phone because we already know what they like. Um,
0: Well, there there are these things online now that um, assign you the wine types according to your horoscope. Oh jeez! <laughs> well, well,
2: now hold on a second. We, you could you could do business with Debbie. You could do one of your
0: charts. <laughs> I mean natal charts. I, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a slow period in my life where I did natal charts And astrology. Well, there you go. We could do that, right? <laughs> but but, but anyway, we could incorporate the wine. But, it, yeah. but it's
2: but it's all a bit of a mystery. The process eventually doing doing the procurement through the state stores.
4: Well, Peter, you know it's funny that you said that because people were calling us while we, you know, when we were first shut down, and they didn't understand why we couldn't sell to them and stuff. So I actually sent out a whole email post on how we operate and how we sell wine and the process that it goes through.
0: No, because we were so. I think I read that because I was. Absolutely astounded. I knew that it was complicated, but I never had the details presented like that to the point where, I mean, it's ridiculous.
2: <laughs>
0: right, but it was interesting to us that we yeah. had all
4: these customers who have been customers for decades, didn't, decades. And what we realized was they that know. they, too, had no idea, no. you know, of the process. And so we we took that opportunity to explain the whole process, and it is it's quite a process. It's but not
0: intuitive. Let's put it that way.
4: Yeah, but but most of it happens behind the scenes. So for people themselves, they make a phone call or they come to a class, they place an order, and they can pick it up two days later. That's that's what they need to know, and uh, and all this other stuff that happens behind the scenes, the shuffling of the papers, the products, the codes the this the that you know we we have a staff that handles all of that or God willing when we come back we'll have a staff um.
0: well, what do you think by the way just um, you know as a sort of roundup of this um, what what are you sort of modeling in your head for what's going to happen when we all come back
4: well you know that that's really an, an interesting question um you know, the first question is when. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, I hate to speculate, but I really seriously don't think it's going to be May first by yeah, any means.
0: Thank God.
4: Yeah. Um. But I think you know, there's going to be people who, who want to get out right away because they've been so cooped up. But there's still going to be a significant number of people who will not come out to large gatherings. And everybody's perspective of large gathering is different. You know, some people think 10 people is too large. Some people think 20 people is too large. And um, we're just going to have to monitor that when it comes to our lives. Yeah, classes. I'm wondering,
0: like, the businesses. Um, I mean, I, I think a number of farmers are going to be not coming back, especially the young, newish farmers. Yeah and i think uh, i know even local restaurants i know some that are just not coming back
4: oh restaurants uh, yeah and yeah. i mean a great deal of our business relies on restaurants yeah, i mean right. our trucking company relies on restaurants yeah. because we transport alcohol for them
0: um you know a lot of a yeah. lot of these huge um, um suppliers um, are having to switch the market from yeah, from restaurants and chefs to retail, you know. right?
4: Yes, that's right. And, and for our wine company, for our salespeople, they sell to restaurants. So yeah. our salespeople, you know, they're going to have a, you know, it's going to be a scramble for the salespeople to get out there and just figure out who's still, who's still in business. Quite yeah. frankly, exactly, and. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I, It's going to be a slow process, first of all. I, I, you know, even when places open up, they're not going to have money to buy big stashes of wine. And quite frankly, a lot of them have a whole bunch of wine that's been sitting there. Exactly. You know, they have wine that's been
0: sitting there.
2: Well, we we wish you the very best, yeah, we see, hope. I we, see we in your hope. position. See. I
0: think that you have a great opportunity if things fall into place for an expansion of your business mission concept, the whole thing.
2: And, and please, please, please come back soon because we're running out.
0: Oh, I
4: know. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, for the, your listeners that are in Pennsylvania, you know, contact the governor's office. This cannot <laughs> change until the governor puts pen, you know, ink to the paper. And and, uh, and what they want to request is to open up. S-L-O Orders, that's Special Liquor Orders.
2: Okay. Got it.
4: Th- that's what they need to
2: request. Okay. Well, Governor, Governor, Wolf, Governor <laughs> Wolf, you heard it here. For, I'm sure he listens every week. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, now, so, so now he knows his instructions. Uh, in, in the meantime, we wish Pilot Partners and Dreadnought Wines a, a future as good as the past has been, starting again as soon as possible.
4: Well thank you, Peter and Ann. Um you guys have been fans for a long time as we've yeah. been fans of yours and uh, we've done many different kinds of business together <laughs> and <We've> so <laughs> so we appreciate your friendship and your business support and uh good luck to the two of you also.
0: Yeah. Well ditto here to you. So we'll talk again soon, Deb.
4: All right. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, bye. Thank you, Peter. Bye bye.
0: Sign off for
2: this week with the hope that by this time next week, things will have improved with the relation to the virus and the social dynamic, whatever it is. And it, we, we may, you may be sure we'll be here. We hope you'll be there. And until then,
0: bye-bye.